This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Thank you for joining us at the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. And listeners, we have had a subject that is very hot uh, in some circles, and it is about children and public education. So today's question is going in a little bit different direction. And the question is, what about transgender in the elementary school? Hmm. So this is hot. And let me be like really clear on the front end. I, I don't expect when our audience listens to us uh, that they're going to agree with everything. We have people who listen to every single episode and some people who just see a hot word. Maybe mm-hmm. they're, they're searching in the podcast store and they're like, hmm, it's a Christian. I wonder what they're going to say about that. And then when they hear it, they may agree, disagree. They may even hate us. They may call us names. That's fine. But uh, one of the things I want to make clear on here is that uh, one of our jobs is to help our audience process ideas, experiences, etc., relationships through the grid of a biblical worldview. And what we know is that the biblical worldview is not concerned with the American worldview. Correct. It wants to see that American worldview transformed, but it's not going to shift and change because all of a sudden the Supreme Court said gay marriage is legal. The Mm -hmm. biblical worldview has been stable um, from the beginning of of creation and eternity past where the heart and mind of God has always been. Mm -hmm. And so those are hard things to hear. Um, And and I think what's happened is that in in the pop Christian world, if you will, so many people in the Christian leadership world have started making concessions. So the public has gotten used to Christians making concessions. Well, there's a whole significant crew of American Mm -hmm. Christians who are not making concessions. Yes. And we're being faithful to that. Now, the unfortunate narrative is that if we're faithful to a biblical worldview, then we necessarily hate other people, which is insane. Somehow they jump to that conclusion. Right. Like Jesus did not agree with the worldview of the Romans, but he loved them. And when Roman soldiers and Romans met Jesus, they're like, that guy is amazing, even though Jesus disagreed with their worldview. And if you really asked them, would say, yep, you're going to hell as it is right now. (laughs) You know, like somehow Jesus held these really powerful perspectives and yet had no sense of condemnation when people looked Mm -hmm. in his eyes. They they lived in a world where you could agree to disagree, and it was a lot easier. So there's yeah. these weird narratives right now that I just want to call on the table. Uh, here's an interesting stat. About 0.7% of 13 to 17-year-olds living in the United States identify as transgender. That's about 150,000 teenagers. That's 0.7%. Now, here's the challenge with this stage of life. Their identity is so undeveloped, they honestly don't even know they what they know. believe. And what latter yeah. stats have showed us is that gender clarity uh, becomes very firm in the vast majority of these kids once they hit 17, 18, 19, 20, mm-hmm. 21. And so what's interesting is that now we are uh, we're posing a new question to kids that kids have never been asked before in all of human history. Right. What is your gender identity? Mm-hmm. You mean I have an option? Right. And so kids are now growing up thinking there's an option. There was no option. You're a boy. You're a boy or a girl. Or you're a girl. Now, to to self-identify with clarity as a boy or girl can actually, you could be called a bigot for that. You can be, you're misunderstood. There's so many weird things that that if we self-identify or train up our children in a a binary world, this or that, um, that we are bad people. So it's an interesting dialogue the way this has all evolved. But 0.7% is I'm going to just say it, absolutely inflated. And if we're going to talk about gender as a spectrum, the kid who says, you know what? I'm trying to figure out whether I want to self-identify as a male or female or something in between. 
even even the kids who are posing the question are, mm -hmm. are put as the affirmative in this. Yeah. So it hyperinflates the reality. The reality is the vast, vast, vast beyond 99.3% of kids understand with what their gender clarity is, even though they're posing these questions and trying to work so it out. So let me give you a little a little bit of my own statistics. My you, are, you are your own stats. I am my own statistic. Yeah. Whatever Tim has a stat. Yes. Yeah. The, the, the Chin Institute of Statistics <laughs> has said. So this is what I know. My wife is uh, teaching in the, the district, the public school district here in this area. And as we know it, there is one high school student that has come out in the last year who said, I am transgender. Mm -hmm. One. One. And the school district now is making all these concessions and adjustments for this one student who has come out in our district. I have several friends that teach in the district just west of us. And I've been told that two years ago, one student identified as transgender. One. So, so this is one in one right. in well, the they last would two say, years. Let me be a poker, right? Yes. What they would say is um, the reason they're not coming out is because of our culture of fear. And so what we need to do is enable kids to be the truest form of themselves by creating open policies mm -hmm. that free up kids to be wherever they might be at this time and place of their life. Now, obviously, you and I are not going to think that that is a wise decision to let children determine their gender identity. Um that's just not a smart decision. In fact, some of the best psychologists have said that's borderline child abuse. I think so. Identifying which gender you are is like saying, I want you to identify at what age you are. You it, are that is ridiculous. On. It is. You either are male or female biologically. You are either 37 years old or you're 57 years old. Right. Unfortunately, you, you can't identify yeah. with someone yeah. other than your age. Unfortunately, uh, for everyone who does not like what you're saying, what you're saying is actually true. Yeah. And this is the logic. So what's this is epic. So there are new emerging trans words that mm. are actually becoming very not popular because that's an overstatement, any overstatement on anything trans, but they're becoming noted. So there's one called trans-abled, people who mm. were born abled, um, but they believe that they were born in the wrong body. They should have been disabled. Oh. So what they do is they disfigure their bodies and they call themselves tran-abled. I'm, I'm a disabled person in an able body. Wow. We have a, a trans species, right? So which is uh, I am a cat or a dog or a lion born into a human's body. There was a mistake made. Mm. And so they end up doing different lifestyle changes and physical body changes so that they can start to reflect the species. Um, there, are, there are a number of these that are beginning to emerge and liberal communities are coming to their defense. Who are we to tell them that they are wrong? And so this is part of the insanity. So like when and this it, stuff- it is. To, yeah. me, to me, that just sounds- It does. That sounds like there is a mental illness going on. Well, and I don't mean to be unkind, to some but degree, it just doesn't make sense. To some degree, when you disable your body because you believe you're a disabled person born into an able person's body and this becomes a, a trend, um, small as it may be, but that's how these things begin. Right. Once you enable this sort of dysfunction, uh, it grows very quickly. And so, but at the beginning of this whole, we'll just say public movement, um, people were warning, if you open this up, this is Pandora's box. You can't shut this thing. It is. And they all said, no, 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 that's ridiculous. It's just this. But it's never just mm -hmm. about this. This is a policy that is not rational. We're not saying that because it's unbiblical. We're just saying it's not rational to be born with a certain set of body parts and then to 
identify separate. That's not the way you're created to right. do that. Now, here's the irony. If you don't agree with us, you're coming from obviously a different worldview. Mm-hmm. And I can love you. I can actually be friends with somebody who thinks all my ideas are crazy. I don't require agreement <laughs> yes. for friendship. That's correct. And so what's interesting, though, is that there are people listening to this who are thinking, man, that's right. And then there are people listening to this who are like, he's a terrible human being. Mm-hmm. It is interesting how worldview, um, these core fundamental principles of reality filter everything we see here and listen. And I, I think one of the things I want to say is, hey, man, if you don't agree with me, that's that's totally fine. I cannot make you agree mm-hmm. with me. But here's one of the things we can say. There's got to be a limit somewhere. Yes. Trans-abled and trans-species that's an issue. Yeah. There are adults, uh, I forget what they're called, but they're born and they um, believe that they uh, are permanently infants. So they wear diapers and drink out of babies' bottles. And this I've is heard like of that. a, yes, um, I can't trans something, but um, they're people who, who are, ex- they're given a body and they disagree with the body, mm-hmm. right? As if some cosmic something made a mistake. But when we look at this through a biblical worldview, we, here's what we say. God made male and he made female and sin corrupts a whole bunch of things. But our gender is supposed to reflect our sex. Mm -hmm. And there are certain things that God has wired into genders. And there are certain things that are culturally relative. We're not going to go into all that. But like um, to be a man is is a very valuable thing. And God does not make mistakes. Now, at the same time, sin can make things harder and more difficult. I get that. But like God has a really high value for male and female Mm -hmm. and behavior following biology. That is a really high value for a biblical worldview. Again, if you're listening to this and you don't agree with that, that sounds like insanity and it just sounds like closed-mindedness. And I didn't make the rules. Like I'm not sitting here saying like, oh man, I just really want to oppress people. We're trying to reflect is Mm -hmm. this is the the philosophy of the authors of scripture inspired by God. And when we start messing with these, when we start saying, I'm going to have a physical body, but I'm going to have my behavior um, follow a different biology, that is a sign that something is broken. Mm -hmm. And so what we want to do is help people's behavior and their identity follow their God-assigned biology uh, in light of some of their unique cultural circumstances. So, for example, um, if you grew up as a man in the first century, um, having long hair was not seen as a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. Now, who cares? It doesn't mean right. anything, doesn't matter. you know? And so, every culture expresses masculinity and femininity different. We want to honor some of those cultural sure. distinctives that don't disagree with biblical principles. But this is where God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and, and female. female. He created them, Genesis one twenty seven. Mm-hmm. Mark 10, 6, from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Now, in a culture that values autonomy, self-determination, um, I- self-identity determination. These verses are offensive. They're offensive and they're inconvenient. Mm-hmm. And so I live in a world where my worldview tells me um, God has determined my biology and there are certain expectations he has for my behavior because of the biology he has assigned mm-hmm. to me. And that when he did this, he did not make a mistake. He did it as good. Right. He did it for my good. And that as a biological male, I am created to thrive when I function in masculinity. Uh, obviously, we can. that's another podcast to define mm-hmm. all those terms, mm-hmm. but um, that there is something good about that and that I should figure out what that means. And that to reject my biology or to reject the behavior that follows my biology is to look at God and say, you were wrong. I disagree. That's why it's so hard. Now, 
there's a question that we're supposed to be dealing with. We, yeah. And we've Start laid the question. Yes. We've laid a foundation of transgender. And what does the biblical worldview have to say about that? How should I train my kids to respond to this teaching about transgender and sexual confused kids? I'll give a couple of simple things. Let's just assume the public school is where your kid's going to go. Let's just assume for the sake of this discussion that that's where they're going to hear this, experience this, and see this. Um, there are a couple, I, I would just say two basic, basic rules. Number one is that from the time your kids can process, you give them gender clarity Absolutely. and sexual clarity, and you communicate to them from a very young age in light of your culture what is masculinity and what is femininity? So you are building the foundation that you want your kids to live off of. Absolutely. And part of building that foundation is telling them about some of the broken expressions Correct. that are going on around them. So from the time my kids could process, we have been talking about mm -hmm. um, there are some boys who think it's okay to marry other boys, yep. you know, and that's from three years old and four. So I'm building these categories you for them. You have to have that conversation young. So we have them regularly, and that would be one part. But the other part of it is, in my tone with my kids, there is never a voice of condemnation or dehumanizing mm -hmm. them. There's just never any of that. In fact, there is a level of, of compassion that just has right. to grow because of that. I also want my kids interacting with kids who don't believe in Jesus, and That's I'm right. not afraid of them interacting mm -hmm. with them. So I don't insulate them from everything. Um, and so I think my kids, they don't have this like, man, they're so stupid. What's wrong with them? Like, look, can right. you believe these people, right? That's not the way we talk about it with my kids. And so my kids have like two, two things that are happening simultaneously. Number one is I'm developing overwhelming gender, sexual, behavioral, masculine, feminine yes. clarity in them. Even for my son, I'm developing in him what is femininity in other girls mm -hmm. and how does he help them right. um, thrive in their femininity and also with my daughters about men so, and boys. And what does it mean to be a boy? What, mm -hmm. what are some unique biblical things about a boy? What does masculinity look like in this time and place and culture? And again, I'm much more nuanced because I'm 37 years old and I've thought about this. They're, yes. they're receiving and I, I'm doing... But that's your job. Yeah. as the parent. That is my job. But uh, speaking to them with love and compassion and viewing people who are broken, doesn't matter what the brokenness is. It could be a substance right. addiction, sexual addiction, doesn't matter. They are humans made in God's image are infinitely valuable and they need to love them and you can't control what they do or don't mm -hmm. do, but we are called to be bright shining lights. And there's something about when broken people met Jesus, they loved him. And I want broken people who may not agree with my kids mm -hmm. to meet them and love them. That's what yes. I want. So like I can look at, at the person today who served me at a place that I ordered who is um, transgendered. And I mean, I've been around this person a lot and I don't have an ill will towards them at all. And I would hope that every time they're around me, they know I'm a pastor. That's right. I, I would hope that they would be like, that person's really nice. In mm -hmm. fact, maybe I'm so nice that they even confuse me with like affirming what they believe. Cause I'm not going to sit there and tell them into <laughs> their face. It's not, it's that's not, right. It's not an that's appropriate not thing to have appropriate but, time or place. But if they ever heard that, I didn't think that that was a sign of health and wholeness that they would be like surprised. I want them to be surprised that, uh, at that thought because they're so well loved by me and my kids and my family and our church. Start young, teach them the difference between male and female have an open relationship when your student comes home and says, hey, this is what we were taught at school. This is what I encountered. I had that kind of an experience with both of my children in high school. And I shared that on Monday. My kids came home and they said, dad, this is what we encountered. We were taught about gender is somewhat fluid. You know, you can kind of choose. And this was 10 years ago. 
that my children went through this in a public school. They also experienced uh, other students that they couldn't dress, cross-dress. I think that's still the appropriate term in school, but they would do that after school. And then they were, you know, they had students, fellow students that were bisexual and they liked both boys and girls. And I had a good enough relationship with my kids that they would come home and talk to us about that and say, hey, hey, what is going on here? I don't understand. And so we would have those open conversations. Yep. So what I have right now is young kids, nine and under, right, at the time of this recording. But what you're you're saying, I just think this is great, is there has to be something about my demeanor with them that cultivates openness and transparency as they get Mm -hmm. older, that I'm not going to freak out. You know, like sin doesn't, I mean, we're pastors. So on one level, we see this, we just see crazy all the time. Everybody Mm -hmm. sees crazy all the time though, you know, but we're, we're used to jumping right in the middle of it. And our kids need to know that our whole world isn't going to be shaken when somebody does something crazy, you (laughs) know, otherwise they're going to be hesitant to share of us. Our mom and dad going to overreact. Right. I think that's really a valuable, awesome point is as your kids get older, if they don't trust you and you don't trust Mm -hmm. them, you won't know what's going on. That's and right. You won't be able to speak into those things. So talk to them young. Uh, teach them to have utmost compassion for all people, no yes. matter what the brokenness, and uh, create a relationship as you get older. You, never, you don't have to be their friend, but you need to have a relationship that they will be honest with you. Honest and trust you. And like talking to you about this Absolutely. kind of stuff. So, Well, hopefully we've been helpful. Yep. You know what next week is? Help technology is out of control in my home. We're going to try to open up God's word and be as helpful as possible. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. 